And welcome to the woulda, coulda, shoulda version of the PK and J show. Nice uh, background noise there, Mr. J. Uh, how are you, my friend? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. What's going on? Nothing, man. Uh, you know, just we're trying this uh, recording remotely where I'm at home and you're at home and kind of saves us some time a little bit, gets us home to our wives a little quicker. So I uh, appreciate you working around my schedule today. Um, saw the uh, chiropractor, which I'm doing this weight loss program with, and almost 30 pounds down in almost a month, just under a month. Man, congratulations with that. You know, uh, if those of you out there that don't know, he's been working really hard on it. He even goes to events and watch people, you know, indulge in all the fantasies that he would like to partake in. And uh, he stands out of the by. He doesn't uh, partake. So this is true dedication, man. Proud of you. I uh, I tell you, man, uh, cheeseburger and fries from McDonald's just doesn't sound as good as it used to anymore. I mean, honestly, you know, I go out and, you know, we went out to dinner the other night for my dad's birthday and I got a burger without a bun. And I had a teeny tiny bit of mashed potatoes. I didn't want the French fries. I didn't want the fried food, but I had like half the portion of oh, that you normally would. And I just loaded up on vegetables and I was, it was good. Like, I was like, man, this is really good. And I went from that's, you know, who, who goes out to dinner to eat that to, Hey, if I'm going to go out to dinner, I have no problems eating that now. Yeah. I think you're still a bit ahead of me on that, that front. I still got to have me a, uh... You know, a Big Mac or something every now and then, uh, especially Swenson's. I'm, I'll never give that up. So, um, so, so, so you're you're doing better than I am. Well, I, I appreciate that, but uh, yeah. So yeah, if you're out there and you don't think you can do it, you just got to dedicate yourself. And if you have questions on how to drop, you know, some weight or you know the program that I'm doing, just just you know hit me up on Twitter, uh, and I'm happy to uh, to help with that. Uh, you know. Tweet so much, I don't even remember my own uh, Twitter handle because I have our show's Twitter handle and then ours and mine. But mine is TK's Tirade twenty two eighteen. So if you have any questions, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. And it's safe, it's easy. It just takes a little bit of dedication, and it just takes a little bit of, um, you know, not giving in to those urges. Um, one of the people I work with actually, she's giving it a shot uh, today. She started it as well, so kind of gave her some tips as to what I've been doing, and uh, we'll see how successful she is. That's good. Keep us updated. I will. So let's, uh, man, woulda, coulda, shoulda. We had uh, our entire secondary was filled with backups, and there were times last night where I thought Cooper Cup, you know, was open constantly, but you held that deep, or that, sorry, excuse me, that offense to 20 points. You turned the ball over three times, and you still had a chance to potentially win the game at the end, and just seems, you know, same old story so far this season, just inconsistent play calling and inconsistent execution leads to another defeat. And now the Browns are not only one and two, but they're all and two at home. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, the first game of the season, the Titans, I I think that's, that's something where you, you, you shake your head at and you you scratch your head at, but you, you, you give them the excuse of, okay, first game, First game jitters, not living up to the expectation. No one played in the preseason. Okay, that that's fine. Um, but you know, the second game, it, it's 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 on the fence for me. I still am not ready to to, you know, call them to the carpet yet. Not ready yet because it was the Rams. You're talking about you know the Super Bowl runner up, um, and, and you, you know without a backup, you know with with a backup secondary. If, we held our own, I, I would say. We really did. And on national TV. It's just, for me, 
there was there's an aspect where we I can pinpoint where the game was lost and and it sucks because 95% of the game fell to me we played well where do you think we lost the game I want to hear your answer and then I'll, and I'll tell you where I, I think we truly lost this football game I I'm 100% that the 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 goal line the goal line stand I mean the goal line right there at the offense was where we lost it um I I go back to maybe just you know where we're on fourth and nine and we run a draw play I mean I'm sure Brown's Twitter lost their mind and so did I um you know my only thought process was that was Freddie once again getting too cute uh you know trying to make something happen and surprise the Rams but you know the Rams they're a good team for a reason. They're the Super Bowl runner-ups for a reason. They're ready for that type of stuff. Or if they're not, they're ready to recover for it. But um, I, I'm saying the goal line area, those the four plays where you have no backfield at the end zone is, is absolutely where we lost the game. And the official bow on it was when fourth down comes and we call a timeout. That was, that was it. Game over at that point if we don't get the fourth down. Yeah, my, my beef there was, you know, you have first and goal at the four-and-a-half-yard line. There's 35 seconds left in the game. And one thing that you normally don't see, which was a blessing to have, was three timeouts. So you had three or four-and-a-half yards and three timeouts in 35 seconds. Your entire playbook is open for first and second down. And your court, your sorry, your, your running back, your stud, had gutted his way to 96 yards at a four-yard per carry clip, and the guy never even sniffed the ball on the last possession. Odell Beckham Jr. never had the ball thrown his way on that last possession. You're telling me on third down your best option is to go to your second or third-string tight end, Darren Fells, in the back of the end zone? No, no, not at all. That's, that's where they lost the game because I would have been – I was one where I said, if you get you score here, you go for it. Your defense had gutted it out to that point. There was no need to send them out there in overtime. You go for it, and you either win with a two-point conversion or you, you lose 20 to 19. But the fact that you don't give that stud back, who you've known this. We didn't have a show last week. You know, things happen. You know, we have lives. You know, unfortunately, things get in the way. But I, I've told you time and time again, 20 to 25 carries a game for Chuck. And last night was the game to get him closer to 25. When you're running the ball at four yards a pop, Odds are pretty good in your favor. I would have ran the ball four straight times last night. With as inaccurate as Baker's looked, I would have ran that damn ball four straight times and lived with the result instead of what I saw last night. I would have I would have at least shown the bluff. And that's what bothered me was wasn't even a bluff that we were gonna run the ball. So for me, if you're gonna spread them out, the only option there for me is Baker, everyone's covered, take off. Go in, go towards the end zone. No matter what, go towards the end zone. It, you can't go bankrupt if you keep making a profit. And I don't get why most teams don't understand that. It, you know, you have three timeouts. You're at the goal line. You, 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 there's, there's just no excuse why we don't test and run the ball. Because if worst case scenario, you, you at that point you're closer and you got to take a timeout to stop the clock. But when you keep you keep getting pushed back, and then you're at the 13 yard line from you know, and hadn't even moved forward a bit, and then you call a timeout. Yeah, we lost the game. That's 
that was it for me. I, I knew at that moment, I looked at my wife and I said, eh, if we don't get this fourth down, we're good. We'll have the Rams down at the 13 with three timeouts. We can stop them. We've been doing it all night. Gurley hasn't done nothing. And as, no sooner did I said that, literally a timeout gets called. And I look at her and go, oh, just kidding. Game over. Right. And, my, you know, you'd run the the run pass option successfully all night long. You yep. hate the up on it. So you're telling me with your entire playbook open from the four and a half yard line, if you show them run on first down or even run on second down, that you can't do that RPO first land into the end zone and get your playmakers involved, Landry, uh, you know, Beckham Jr. Even Damian Rantley had a couple of big catches last night. You're telling me that that, that was off the table. You know, somebody made a point on the way home and it really kind of hit me square in the face. It kind of takes you back to uh, the last game last season against the Ravens when they had a chance to win the game driving down. And they kind of just, you know, maybe got caught up in the moment, were unsure of themselves, looked a little undisciplined, looked a little uh, not sure of themselves. And that last night on those last four plays, it's like you didn't learn from your last game last year to bring another issue. That's what last year was supposed to be was that learning experience. And when you're in that position again, you succeed. And again, our quarterback falls flat on his face. Our head coach and play caller falls flat on his face. And credit to Freddie all day long, all night long, saying, you put that on me, go write your articles, go do whatever you're going to do and say that's on me. That's all well and good, but the execution was less than seller as well. Yeah, and, and for me, it's it's for me, it's not that Baker, it, he hasn't really regressed to me. I think he's still learning. Um, I think he's afraid. Uh, he looks a little timid because he's been put on his back a lot more than pretty much ever in I've seen in his career. So he's still he's still learning. He's still trying to figure things out. It's his second year. You know, his flashes of excellence last year, they just, you know, we're, we're using that as a baseline right now. And I'm not saying that's unfair. I, I, I'm just saying he's just not there yet, you know. I think play, you know, games like this, these are good for him. You know, I think as, as he gets older and he matures, he can go up to the line and understand, you know what? I think there's a better way to, to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm looking at this. It looks like they're going to stay in coverage. I think I'm going to go ahead and, and, and call an audible here, have Chubb come in, run it straight up the middle because they're already. And then if they change their, 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 their look, then you know what? we'll just run an RPO on on my call instead of letting the one call come in from Freddie and then running that play, you know? So uh, it, it, there, there was moments last that night that just showed that we have a rookie head coach and, and he folded, you know, under the pressure in the last moment, he overthought it instead of just, just being simple and going back to the basics for what got him there and, and run the ball, run the ball, and then surprise them with the with the with the pass right down the middle. Right, and you know I think that right now you know a couple things. I don't think the offensive line is as bad as we're we're making it out to be number one because Baker's a little skittish in there. I think that first week where he got banged around a little bit, it kind of shook his confidence. That guy's got to be willing to stand in the pocket and make a throw because you know in games like that you're going to have to take a shot or two, and I'm okay with you taking a shot or two if you're stepping up into the pocket to deliver a football. But if you are running to the left or running to the right looking to make something happen and your offensive line doesn't feel that, of course you're going to get knocked around and you're going to get smacked around and you're going to be inconsistent because you're not sitting in the pocket and you're holding it too long waiting for something to develop. That's why I like those RPOs because if you looked at the stats last night with the RPOs, 
he was, I think he missed two passes all night on those RPOs and 14 attempts. And the rest of his attempts, he was well under 50% completion percentage. And, you know, we drafted Baker Mayfield because he's known to complete 60 to 65% of his passes. And last night he was exactly 50%. And I just don't understand in situations like fourth or sorry, third and 13 from your own 10 yard line, why you're all your receivers are running go routes. Your RPOs were getting you 10 to 13 yards at a clip. I don't understand what what the thought now thought process there was by Freddie to run three go routes with that defense coming right at you. Yeah, I think we're just trying too hard. Um, I think there's a there's there's a certain idea of fear, and that's fear in many many ways. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, he's afraid to fail right now, so he's trying to get cute. Um, you know, the the organization is is afraid of Odell Beckham that he may become a problem if he's not targeted enough because I see them trying to squeeze the ball to him in situations he's not even close to being open. And, you know, and, and Baker, he's, he's just afraid to take that hit. You know, he's not standing in the pocket. And, and it just feels like we're just trying way too hard, uh, especially to hit the money plays. It just, it's just way too hard. It's like I understand who our receivers are, um, but we, we, we got to let the runs – uh, the RPO, and then the play action open up those plays. Everything is just looking so forced right now. And last night, it just finally felt like we're not forcing it. Like last year when Freddie got there, we're just letting stuff organically happen. And when the stuff organically happens, it, it, the plays open up. You know, the, the, that, that play that was down the middle, and I'm thinking, who do we have? We, was, that to, was that to Landry that got us set up? Uh, for the for the goal line, I'm thinking it is. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was. It was third and fifteen, yeah. and they went for twenty four yards. That play happens because of the RPO. That was that to me. It wasn't just a straight pass. It was, you know what the the Browns, <laughs> you know the Browns have made a running play on on any down pretty much tonight. So, you know, let's go ahead and pretend to hand it off to Chubb. They 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 take one step up. There's you know Landry through the middle. And then you got to keep doing that the whole game. You got to set teams up. And that's what Freddie's Kitchen's offense was best at doing. Last night, that just didn't happen. No. And another thing that, you know, we did, I'm sorry, we, the Browns did. Uh, it's like, I'm on the team. <laughs> we, the, Browns, the Browns did is he went to that screen pass probably two, two, three too many times. Like he ran it one time really well, got 20 yards. But I mean, they had, they knew it was coming before they even snapped the Gosh. Ball. And, you, you got to be able to mix that up a little bit. If anything, you fake the screen and then throw a slant on the opposite side or throw a slant behind it. That way, you know, the defense can't react to it. There's got to be something else that you can, uh, you can react to. Yeah. And there was a, there was a, um, a replay that NBC showed last night where, um, you know, Donald saw basically saw Hyde cut in front of his face and went straight to the screen. And it's like when you see that, it's like you 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 running you're running the play too much. You you you're right. running it way too much. If he's able to recognize it immediately like that, not even touch the old line and say, "Oh, the running back's going out," you're, you're doing it too much. And and that's that that's my whole point with Freddie. He's trying to get too cute way too many times. It's it's like, come on, man, just stick to the basics, and then every once in a while, get cute. You know, like. Do exactly what got you the job and then, you know, surprise us every now and then. Exactly. And, you know, I just, is it, 
does Freddie have too much on his plate right now, potentially? Is he learning how to be a head coach and a play caller right now, potentially? Um, am I ready to hit the panic button right now? No. Um, I'm nowhere close to hitting that panic button, only because, yeah, the first week was an abomination for many different reasons, but I saw improvement to week two. And you can even make an, uh, uh, um, an argument that I saw improvement even to last night because, you know, the Jets' offense was awful. The Browns did what they should have done against that team. But you, you held a, a very potent offense with a lot of backups on your defense to 20 points. You know, there's a lot of positives to take away from last night, but I'm really getting sick and tired of these damn moral victories. Like, I want real victories. We spent this entire offseason gearing up for real victories, no more moral victories. We were going to start winning games, things that we were, you know, lacking at in the, in the past. We were going to be able to overcome, and I still haven't seen that. And maybe that's maybe they're just a click away. Who knows? But what's ahead of them now, transitioning into next week's game, I think we can say, you know, what a coulda, shoulda last night. Next week has to be shoulda, have to, gotta go get it for a number of different reasons. Number one, you can't afford to fall to one and three with what you have on the horizon. Number two, you can't start 0-1 in the division. And number three, you have a chance to be at a tie for first place after week four for the first time since, what, you and I were what, five, it seems like? You know, <laughs> it's been so long. So all these woulda, coulda, shouldas, you know, you got to put, you know, Freddie's saying, put it on me, put it on me. Freddie, after a while, you can't just put it on you. It's got to be on everybody. And everybody's got to figure out a way to come together, like you said, to make it more organic. Because, you know, Baltimore is a formidable force. As much as I hate to say it, you know, Lamar Jackson went toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes this past weekend. Yeah, and um... – and for me, I'm not ready to hit the panic button either. Uh, you know, we it, the 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 Ravens, they're going to be more formidable than we thought at the beginning of the season, at the end of last season. Um, but I'm still not ready to hit the panic button. I think we can still, we can still do do work, and I and I think the fire of the flames will will calm down if we are able to slow Lamar down a little bit and and actually take this win and and share, you know, a piece of the division lead. You, you know, it's just that for me, last night just wasn't a good barometer to me. I mean, it is in a sense that we showed that we can compete. You know, we had a chance to tie the game, you know, under one minute. We got down there. Still, it's still in Brown's fa- fashion, tried to shoot ourselves in the foot. But, you know, we we, we did almost win. And, and to your point, I understand enough with the moral victories. It, it's time to actually, you know, show some pay dirt. But uh Last night against the Rams on national TV, I, I I was sad. I was let down, but I was still happy. I didn't really hang my head because it wasn't what the Titans did to us, if you if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, it wasn't that kind of a yeah. loss. You know, and the fact that you had a chance to win it at the end. And, you know, it's just another thing. This is a young team. This is a young coach. This is a young quarterback. This is something that, you know, needs to stick in your mind, needs to stick in their minds as to here's how close we were. Here's what we need to do to get better. But to me, you know, it's time to put up or shut up. Absolutely. They've been putting up, putting up, putting up, saying all the right things, saying all the right things, saying all the right things. Damn it. Go do it on the field on Sunday or in a few weeks, you know, again on Monday. You know, I want to see, you know, I don't mind waiting until 8 o'clock at night to watch the Browns on a Sunday or a Monday. But they've got to start winning some of these games to get that national notoriety. Um, but I want to move on to the Ravens, you know, real quick in this segment here. 
on number one because I forgot to charge my iPad. So I've got about 5% left before I'm going to have to do the next segment on my phone. So I want to get through this because I probably got about another 10 to 12 minutes before I'm going to run out of juice on, on this segment. Um, poor, poor planning on my part. I forgot to charge my iPad today before I left the house, but my phone's got plenty of juice. Um, it's not so much Lamar Jackson that scares me. It's the fact that Mark Ingram is averaging uh, this season. He's just a world beater. He's averaging six yards a carry. He's got five touchdowns already in three games on only 43 attempts. So it's Mark Ingram that's opening up the, the running game. It's it's Gus Edwards opening up the running game uh, for Lamar Jackson. I mean, it, shows, it goes to show if you have a successful running game, you can – make any marginal quarterback look good with your play action pass. Yeah, and 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 I'm very aware of Mark Ingram's success because uh I get made fun of every year for picking him and my man has has done this pretty much every year and everyone thought okay, you know, he's going to have a he's going to have a letdown cuz he doesn't have Alvin Kamara next to him and he's basically showed everybody I'm the man. I'm the man still and he's very much opened up what everything for Lamar Jackson to uh, basically just have his way because you got to account for, you have to account for Ingram on every single play because if you don't, this man is going to run on you and, and have no trouble doing it. And also too, and if you, if you contain Ingram, you have to contain Jackson. So that defensive line, they can't let him get outside. Once he gets outside, speed kills. You've got to bottle him up in that pocket and make him throw from the pocket because he's a guy who's better throwing on the run, better making plays out of a busted play. So it, 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 the Browns defensive line is going to have to show up this week. And they don't, the Ravens don't have the offensive line that the Rams do. Um, so I, you know, I, I expect them to have, you know, not that they played bad last night, but I expect to have a little more activity in the backfield uh, th- this coming up week. Um, but, you know, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram also too, don't forget about uh, that, that tight end Mark Andrews. Held in check by the by the uh, by the Chiefs, but he's still got 19 receptions on the season and two touchdowns, averaging about 12 and a half yards of reception. So those are you know your three big playmakers on, on that Raven side of the ball that the Browns, are, the shorthanded Browns, are really going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, and and the thing about it, what I'm seeing with them is that you know Lamar Jackson is is learning to to not run as much, but you know he's he's deadly. You know he's he, his deadliness is the you know, it's third and three, and the play breaks down, and I'm going to get those three yards, and I'm going to end up turning those three yards into 20 yards because, you you know, you're going to play those coverages, and and a lot of these new guys are just going to be left on islands. Just, just it's going to be, hopefully, they're learning and practicing and understanding that, that this running backfield, this tandem, they're going to put people on islands, and you got to make sure the minute you turn your back, you better make sure you check back because, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be coming. Agreed. Um, so the Browns definitely have, you know, like, you know, like we talked about, you know, at the show, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the, the next uh, five weeks for the Browns starting last night, every team that the, was on their schedule for the next five weeks is two and zero, And now some of them are three and zero. So the Ravens are two and one. They lost, but they lost a, a close game to a very formidable chiefs team. 49ers are 3-0, looking pretty good. They turned the ball over five or six times yesterday, and they still managed to win. And then you have Seattle, who Russell Wilson threw for 400 yards yesterday. Good night. And then the Angels won Tom Brady after that. After the let, me just say, so, let me just say for the San Francisco game, how bad are the Steelers? And it feels good to say that. I mean, they're terrible. 
I mean, you, you give up four. You you take you get four takeaways in the NFL. There's no reason you're losing that game. But the Steelers are that bad. Either James Conner's hurt or the league's caught up on how to defend him. But, Jay, I got a knock-knock joke for you. I want you to play along with me. Okay? All right. All right, and this is for all our, our uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there. Hey, Jay, knock-knock. Yeah, who's there? Owen. <laughs> Owen who? Owen 3, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and I, I and a little, I'm, uh, sound bite there. I play it. Come on. <laughs> I'm all the way here for it, though. Uh, I love it. Um, I even had to get on a Steelers fan uh, over social media who, you know, decided to come at me and said, "This must. Ha- this is how the Browns mo- uh, must feel." And I said, "Nope, not wearing that. Not wearing that coat. You guys are 0 three by yourself. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I'm not wearing that. The Bungles can enjoy uh, enjoy that time down there." <laughs> Uh, so before we wrap this uh, this segment up here, um, I don't know how to feel about the game this weekend because I've seen awful Browns, I've seen take care of business Browns, and I've seen extremely competitive Cleveland Browns. I don't know where this game's coming out. I really I, I don't have a feel on it, and I know it's Monday, and I should have a feel on where this is going to go. And I've been saying this is a must win. Uh, so why don't you convince me why the Browns are going to win the game this weekend? Oh. Man, I I would say two. There's two things I would say. This is this is one that yeah we're disappointed about, but we didn't do what the Ravens did. If you go back to the way that game was, they were getting killed uh, in the by the third quarter. The, the The Ravens made it close in the fourth, and I think mainly because Kansas City took their foot off the gas, they can be stopped. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, very good team. I get it. They're going to, you, you know, you, if you were going to put the Browns and the Chiefs side by side, you would say that the Chiefs are on a, on a different echelon right now. But they may have laid the blueprint on how to stop this offense because everything that really came about yesterday besides Mark Ingram, everything else was garbage time. They scored 15 points in garbage time and basically made it closer than it actually was. But with the Browns, I, I just say this is what it feels like. This pit, this this feeling in your stomach right now, this is what it's like to have expectations. We got to get used to it. I mean, you know, year in and year out, it's been the same old Browns. Oh, you know, here we go. This is what they always do. This year, it's like, all right, we can win some games. So that pit, it's a good pit. That's a good pit you feel in your stomach because you understand that this is a good team for once and we should be winning. All right. All right. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Kind of makes me want to run through a wall and go out there. And, uh, you know, Lord knows I'm still not in the shape where I could go out and run some routes for Baker. So I don't <laughs> love to stick my, my slightly smaller ass out there to block for him. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be a close game. I don't see either team running away with it. Um, you know, I, damn it. Uh, I'm going to say 24 21 Browns. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go a field goal game. I, I'm going to say it's going to be, uh, you know, 21-18 Browns. I, that's what I'm going to go with. I, I think that this is going to come down to the end. We're going to finally put some things together. We're going to understand that, you know what, after watching the tape, stick to the run, stick to the RPO. Because, uh, you know, obviously Baltimore's defense is not that great. They're definitely beatable. And, and they got sliced up in the second quarter. 23 points scored on them. I think if we stick to the run and the RPO, we're going to sail. I really do. I think we're going to have a little bit of trouble with the run game, 
and that's going to be really it. I, I, I think we could take them in Baltimore. All right, so there's our picks. Uh, tell us what you think. You know, what did you think about the game not only this past week, but what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, the Browns and the Ravens? Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, as you guys know, our show handle is at J-A-E underscore T-K. Hit us up there. We got our, we still got our Power Rangers uh, handle, our Twitter handle, picture, whatever they call it there. You know, I, I'm not technologically. Avatar. Uh, but hit, Avatar, you know, whatever. Hit us up on Twitter. Tell us what you think. Uh, we still got the email box open, but until we get some more uh, uh, Twitter uh, interaction, then we'll open that back up. Um, but uh, big game this weekend for the Browns. It's a put up or shut up. No more woulda, shoulda, coulda. It's got to be woulda, or I'm sorry, going to go get it, going to go get it, going to go get it. And it's got to be done with conviction. It's got to be done with passion. And they've got the right guy leading the helm, and they're, they're saying all the right things. But now it's time to do it. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this segment up here. I am going to switch devices, and then we're actually going to get into some playoff talk. Tribe, one game out, six to go. Stay with us. All right, Jay. For the third time, got to love technology. <laughs> so we got our Cleveland Indians after 156 games tied with the Tampa Bay Rays for the second and final wild card spot. We've come a long way from the Eric Stam. Come a long way. Well, not so much a long way. It was crushing to see Kipnis go down. But we're going to get Mr. LaPara. Jose Rem- Give us another October to remember here in Cleveland. My man, yeah. How are you feeling about this last week? Yeah, I, I'm feeling. I, I just don't know. Uh, it, 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 the Indians are just so hit or miss. We've been, we've been coming through in the clutch. Uh, I must say, we've been playing some really good baseball. Uh, the guys have been hitting the ball a ton lately, um, and I, I, I feel like we can do it. But it, we're coming up against a a an opponent that is also trying to get through the playoffs. So. You know, I felt like all season we haven't won the game against teams or the great teams. We've basically just t- taken care of business against the bad teams. So I, I really just don't have a good feeling about Washington. Uh, they're playing such great baseball right now. And I just feel like the Indians come up small in moments like this. Let me tell you why I feel good about this. Number one. Tampa Bay's schedule going forward is much more treacherous than ours is. Uh, we've got three with the White Sox, who we've had our, our, our tough times with. Don't get me wrong there. Um, and then we finish off in Washington. However, the Cubbies losing all. That shows you that Washington's going to clinch here pretty early in the week, maybe even by Friday. So before the Indians even get to Washington, Washington might be in a position where they can set up their rotation and their bullpen for that playoff game. So the Indians' road is actually going to be a little bit easier than Tampa Bay's because we're probably not going to be going up against um, Washington's top lineup for at least two of those three games. They're probably going to try to rest some guys, get some rest in, which is well-deserved. They've had a great second half of the season. But Tampa Bay, man, they're finishing with Boston. They got Boston tonight. I believe tonight's a makeup game. Um, And then... Goodness gracious, who did they, they got uh, Yankees for two, and then they go to Toronto. 
So maybe you could call the wash. But, I mean, the Yankees have already clinched, but they're not going to start resting guys probably for that weekend series. So the Indians went out. You're guaranteed a playoff for the playoff. But I honestly think four wins gets them in. It, well, yeah, four wins could get them in. But I still – I feel like that last series is is hit or miss. Because Washington's leading their, the wild card right now. They're yes. up. Um, and – there's nothing. There's nothing more valuable than having the number one wild card, spot, wild card spot, and they have to clinch it. And you're hoping that they do before the Indians get there. If they don't, by the time the Indians get there, I'm not liking their chances. Um, I'm 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 not feeling too too up and up on the Indians. And 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 it's mainly because I, I think I'm just kind of jaded on how. The Indians have played all season. I mean, 90-win team, don't get me wrong, they're playing great. It just it's been <laughs> it's been pulling teeth 90-win baseball. And and it and it's just like you've gotten those 90 wins, majority of them coming against uh our division. We have 200 lost teams in our division. So it, it's kind of an inflated number because when we've played the good teams like the A's and 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 you know the nationals and things like that we don't take care of business we really just take care of business against the bad teams which is is good baseball bobby cox will tell you that but i haven't just i haven't felt great about what the indians have done against good teams i think they've been playing the good teams a little better of late and yeah you can tell me that we lost two or three to the twins but the Indians put so much pressure on themselves in that series to try to perform because they knew they needed to win all three to have a chance at that division. So since that third game, they've really turned the corner. They've won, you know, they're, they're what are they? They're seven and three in the last 10 games. They've won, you know, six out of eight, seven out of nine uh, since that, uh, since that uh, Minnesota series, my stock on the Indians is actually very high right now. I think if they can get in, you know, they, they've set up their rotation to, Credit to Francona. He set it up to where Bieber could potentially pitch a, a play into the play-in, and then you could have you know Savali or Clevenger ready to go for that actual wild card game. If not, then you're going to have Bieber ready to go for that wild card game. So you're going to throw your best pitcher out there, and you know the sticks are, are are heating up. You have Puig's hitting. Franmil Reyes has driven in over 30 runs since coming to the Indians. The guy is an absolute monster. I was in the upper deck the other day at the game when he hit a home run against the Tigers. And I'm telling you, man, our, our, our buddy Brandon, man, he's got a, 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 a doppelganger, man. Holy smokes. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, just both beasts of men. I mean, both of them, you know, anyone who knows our buddy Brandon, say the guy's got arms that just don't quit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big dude. Um, I, me looking at the schedule right now, there's no question. If, if you take a loss, Two losses anywhere with the White Sox, it's over. And that goes without saying. So you got to take care of business, which they've done against the bad teams all year. I, in my opinion, think they need to get five. I think they need to win the series against the Nationals to solidify it and, and get the wild card spot. Um, I think they got to sweep the White Sox. I, you know, I think it's imperative to show um, that they're going to they're gonna do this and, and give me the confidence. Now – I'm also in favor, and I'm going to use a little bowling analogy. I'm in favor of the ninth frame. If you lose the first game at the White Sox and you win the next two, I'm okay with it. You, so you, you kind of set yourself up for the 10th frame so that you can kind of bolster. So 
they 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 have to take two from the White Sox um, for me to feel comfortable against the Nationals. Um, the only way that I would feel any different is if the Nationals clinch anywhere before they get to the Indians. Because if they don't, if they don't clinch that top spot, they're going to be fighting the Indians just as hard as we're going to be fighting them. And I think the Nationals are a better team right now. You know, I don't think the Nationals are a better team. I think that that last day of the season, which could come down to both teams clinching a playoff spot, and for the Nationals to clinch, you know, home field for that wild card game, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go beat Max Scherzer to potentially get in the playoffs. And that's why I'm, I'm praying a Washington <laughs> clinches that spot before then, but B and God, it pains me to say this, but I am rooting like holy hell for the Boston Red Sox tonight because if Boston can beat and Boston's no slouch of a team, they haven't had the year they wanted, uh, but they can hit. And boy, can they hit. If they can do us a favor and win tonight, that gives us, A, a cushion if we stub our feet tomorrow against uh, the, the Rays because that will put them, in essence, I don't believe in half games or a game behind us in the loss column. So we really need some help from Boston tonight because I think if Boston wins tonight, it takes a little bit of pressure off the Indians, I believe. That way they don't feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and not you know every pitch has that magnification. They need – just a little bit of breathing room, and I think that they can pull this out. Um, but with the way that our offense is hitting right now, Frankie's red hot, Jan Mills red hot, Yasiel's red hot, Mercado's been red hot, Santana's been red hot, uh, uh, Roberto Perez is hitting over 350 in, in September, and then you're getting you're getting the you know the heart and soul of your team. Well, one of the heart and souls of your team, part of it, half of it, you could say, and, and Jose Ramirez. They are going to get such a lift. Just from that guy being in the lineup, just his defense alone really, really gives them an edge in the last week of the season. I think we got a fun roster still. Um, I, and I hear what you're saying 100%. And I'd like to basically, you know, sit there and hang my hat on that. Um, I'd like to hang my hat on what we've been doing lately. Um, tape measure shots left and right. Great play. Yasiel Peak with his awesome arm and his, I mean, God, I would run through a wall for that guy right now because he makes it fun along just like uh, Francisco Lindor. He makes he just makes baseball fun to watch. Um, but, I, you know, for me, knowing what stops hitting uh, is it, pitching. And I, I think Washington's got that. I, I think that they, they, they can match up well to shut down our bats because we resemble a slugging team and, and not a hit for average team. So that that doesn't match up well with good pitching. Yeah, and the other thing too that you got to take out of the equation too is you're going to lose Framil Reyes. You're going to lose three to four at bats for him. Uh, so that's twelve. You know, anywhere from nine to twelve at bats, he's going to lose because he's a defensive liability. You can't put him in the field. They haven't put him in the field yet, so to do it now makes no sense. Um, so you're going to get him three times. Uh, that this weekend, and that's it. He's going to get three shots. And, and you know, to me, it, could that be enough? Um, but I believe in my heart of hearts, I have the best manager in the game, one of the best managers in the game, Terry Francona. I've got the top five or six guys in my lineup are red hot right now. My starting pitching has been off the charts. Cookie Carrasco is looking like Cookie. Brad Hand started to do things Brad Hand does. You know what, buddy? When we have this conversation next week, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe it. I'm, I'm convinced of it. And maybe it's just because I'm not ready to let go of baseball yet, and I've just had so much damn fun watching this team turn it around. But I believe that the Indians are going to be in that wild card spot. Yeah, and and for me, I 
I think as much as I sound as a pessimist, it's, it's actually, I think they can get there. I just think it's a tough road um, to get there. Uh, Are you willing to you put know? a wager on it? A small little friendly wager. See, but that's a, for me, I'm not, I'm not as much against them being in it, uh, you know, cause I would like to see them in there. And, and for me, it's, it's almost like a flip of a coin. Uh, it, it's almost like, can we get enough stuff to go right? Or can we just play into the playoffs? Thankfully, though, we control and that, our destiny, though. We don't – I mean, it, it'll be nice to have a couple things go our way with, you know, other teams clinching. But we still, with six games to go, control our own destiny if we're going to get in or not. And that, that's yeah, half and, the battle is having your own destiny in your hands. And that control your own destiny thing is, is still one of those, like <laughs> – I've seen that every team that usually controls your destiny, it's like when you're in – they normally need help somewhere because they it, it, the pressure gets to them. Something happens just at the end where it's just like, all right, we needed that win and we fell flat on our face for it. So now we need this to happen to Tampa Bay or we need Washington to clinch so that they will just say, you know what, screw the last series. Here you go, Indians. Come on into the playoffs. You know, I, I'm hoping that the Indians – continue this this hair on fire uh tear they've been on uh but when it comes down to competing with the the washington nationals and they still need to get that top spot the worst thing that could happen to us is the washington nationals lose here and actually drop to second um that would be the worst case scenario to me because the washington nationals aren't gonna let that happen they're not gonna let the Indians come in and let the Indians kick them out of the playoffs. Yeah, but by then, yeah, though, you, you they could have had a, a playoff spot clinched either way. And quite honestly, are they going to put stock in throwing someone like Scherzer out there to get home field? Or are they going to save him and their other arms for knowing, okay, we're in no matter what. We might felt we need to go on the road. But if I'm managing a team and, yeah, I'm in, it'd be nice to be at home, but I'm in. Just give me one game with, with Max Scherzer. I'm saving Scherzer for that playoff game. I'm not going to pitch him for the hope to get home field. I could care less about that at that point. Once I clinch my spot and I know I have a seat at the dance, that's all I need to motivate me to, to be ready to go. So I, I ask you this, yes or no, when we have this conversation next week, Indians in, Indians out. Man, this is, this is, like, this is, this is like choosing a puppy for the first time. I mean, like, do I take him home or do I not? Um I got it. I got to go with no. I, I don't think we're gonna make it. So yeah, I'll go ahead and and put that twenty dollars. No, I'm not. On. I'm not asking for a wager uh, of monetary uh, value. I am willing to put on a Michigan shirt of your choice and leave it as our Twitter whatever for thirty days if the Indians don't make the playoffs. <laughs> on I the was... other hand, I would ask you if we get in, and I. And I'll, you know, because I know how big of a baseball fan you are, I'm willing to even be more kind to you. If the Indians get in, you're going to put on my Ohio State polo, and I will leave it up for two weeks. I see. The the wager is way too high. What? (laughs) I'm willing to put Michigan scum on my body if the Indians don't get in. I believe that much my team that I'm willing to stoop down to that. I and, and that hurts me because for me it's like I cannot 
root against my favorite baseball team so that I just don't have to put on that ridiculous red color ever. <laughs> I, I can't, I cannot sit there and, and say, cause it, it's, it's literally listen to what I'm saying out there universe. I'm literally saying I'd rather just give Terry the 20 bucks. than I don't want <laughs> your money. Than, yeah. yeah you, it's like, you're asking me to put bleach on my skin. <laughs> that's what you're asking me to do right now is you're asking me to basically. All you have to do is put it on long enough for us to get a good picture of you. And then it's just going to sit on Twitter for two weeks. Oh man. Yeah. I cannot afford that to go around everywhere. Pictures are forever. Yeah, I'm willing, no I'm matter if I put the Michigan stuff on and do it. That's fine. I mean, I'll even nah. wear a Michigan hat. You can deck me out in Michigan nah. stuff. I will wear Michigan head and toe for get you to take this bet. I'm willing to extend myself out there more than you're willing to. Absolutely. I, I could not wear, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm literally going to tell people I would not ever take a bet like this because, especially because I know so you're my, turning me down for, 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 for an Ohio state, Michigan trade. Absolutely you're, you're, not. You, you don't believe. Wow. You're not, I you, you're not, not as, uh, you don't feel as strongly about saying no as I thought you did. No, I and, and and I'm admitting that I don't. I I just feel there's so many things that can go wrong, as so many things can go right. It's like literally a toss up. I've been watching this whole last couple of weeks as we've been in the playoff cheat chase, and it's literally like, okay, we have we control our destiny to basically take the division. Didn't do that. Twins are a great team, but we didn't do that. And now it's like, okay, we control our own destiny to do a wild card. And I'm actually probably pulling something in, in our friendship that I've never done where we've actually reversed roles where I'm actually being pessimistic about my team and not confident where you're like confident about it. And I, I just, I, I just know baseball. Baseball is just one of those unforgiving sports. I have that's... watched almost every game for the last three months, whether I'm home out of town, I have watched almost every inning of every game. You can ask my wife. I probably baseballed that poor woman to death. <laughs> and I just because I believe in this team. So I tell you what, since you're not willing to go Ohio State, Michigan, how about this? And we'll release what you come up with later because I know how much you love hiding that Michigan golf bag. If the Indians make the playoffs, you have to come play nine holes with me. I'll even pay for it. Okay. And if they um, and if they don't, so and if I lose, so if I win, you have to play nine holes. And then if I, you know, you can come up with whatever, you know, but you know, if the Indians are in, you got to come play nine holes with me. I would say. And I'll still wear the I Michigan say, stuff. You come play nine holes with me. I'll no, still wear Michigan stuff. No, no, I won't. I won't do that to you. <laughs> what I will say is because the, this has been such, such a, a uh, beacon for the past couple of years, I would say, you have to start 14 down in the Turkey Bowl. That's not fair to my teammates, though. I can't speak for them. Some of them might not even like baseball. Well, you, you're on that team. I can't, no, I can't start 14 down. <laughs> you're just looking for an excuse to win. You, know, uh, you guys are always so confident that you're going to win. In the Turkey Bowl the way we play, Absolutely. Two. Absolutely. Are you willing to put on the line that the Indians will make it or you guys start 14 down. You are, see that that kind of a bet tells me that you're afraid of me and my team. You're afraid that I'm going to come in oh, man. and that I'm going to smoke you this year and you're looking for any edge you can oh. get. 
Oh that's my like gosh! The, to me, that's the that's the wussy way to to go about it. You can't. I mean, I can't do that to the rest of the team I'm playing because they might not want to do that. That's not fair to the rest of the team. They they listen. I, they I can know. What, I tell you what. If I lose this bet, I can't quarterback the team this year. That would hurt me. That would all hurt right. me worse. I wouldn't all be right, able to quarterback. Fair. I'm you know obviously at Thanksgiving we're all going to want to throw the ball a couple times, but I won't be able to stand back there like I do for the majority of the time and sling it around. So. If that's the case, then I will give up my duties to someone else on my team. Let's just be clear on this, though, because for the Indians, I just feel like it is something that I just don't have a good confidence meter on. I, if, if you're asking me to do like an, you know, an FPI on it, like, you know, uh, a Brahmin on it, I would say they're 60 percent getting in. That's how I, I feel. feel they're 90 percent getting in. It's like almost a guaranteed lock. Like if I had if I had the chance to go to Vegas, I would go lay five grand right now that the Indians are getting in, and I would take the odds. Man, man, what I would like to know those odds too because so let's recap then. If the Indians get in, you got to come play nine holes with me, and I'll even pay for your nine because I'm that generous of a guy. However, <laughs> if we get up to the guy, the cashier, and you decide to whip out your wallet, I wouldn't be upset. If you win the bet. I cannot quarterback my team for the majority of the time this year. Play two here or there to throw the ball because it's Thanksgiving. We all want to throw a pass on Thanksgiving, yes. But I won't be able to stand back there and, and lead my troops to victory. So I'm basically opening the window for you to be two and two against me with next year being a rubber match. Do you accept okay. uh, the deal? I do accept. I will put and it on just... Twitter poll. We'll let our fans vote just to see who they think is going to win. And and just just for giggles, just for giggles, I actually went and googled it. So, uh, just for everybody, for everybody that uh, wants to know that, you know, Terry feels that it's it's a ninety percent lock. Vegas does not agree. Vegas is more near where I'm at. They are plus sixteen. That's, be- that's to get in. because Vegas wants to win a bunch of suckers' money. I'm telling you, you book it. This team has been playing too well. They're too hot. I expect, I expect them to go out and take care of their business this week. I just do. All right. So let's move on from baseball real quick. You and I, we're headed to the Hall of Fame Comic Con this weekend in Canton. Why you at? Go. Is we had a chance to meet one David Yost, who played Billy Cranston in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This this is exciting to me. Um, I actually just looked at my communicators, and I'm like, you know what? I gotta wear this. <laughs> I have to wear these. This is a perfect excuse to wear these, and um, I'm super excited. I really hope we get a chance. I'm even changing a haircut appointment for this. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go jacked up for a week to just go meet Billy. This is. You guys don't understand how important this is, how much this means to me that I, I'm about to go in jacked up for a week because I got to I got to reschedule my appointment. Yeah, for I my called hair. you out at that, on that at work today. You're like, yeah, I got a hair appointment at 11. And I was like, dude, I'm going to be walking into Comic-Con at 10 with or without your ass. So you can go get your haircut <laughs> and meet me. That's fine. But, you know, and I also I, I put a request out there. Um, we're trying to get uh, David to spend a few minutes with us at Comic-Con. I just want to ask him a couple questions for the podcast. I told him, you know, two, three minutes. I want to be respectful of his time. If he does, great. If he doesn't, 
no big deal because, you know, we're going to come away with some awesome memories. Um, it's my hope that obviously, you know, we'll uh, each get a picture individually, but, you know, we'll try to put it together to where we, we can at least get a picture of the two of us with him. And then that can be, you know, our, our profile picture here on, on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, if you have a chance, go out and see it. Hall, Hall of Fame Comic Con. It's going to be out in Canton. Uh, David Yost is going to be the, uh, the, the marquee guest that they have. Um, they're going to have a lot of different writers and artists who have done um, uh, Spider-Man and some other Marvel comics. Uh, they're going to have a costume contest out there. Um, it's 10 bucks to get in the door. It's extremely family friendly. Um, we can't wait to get out there. I'll, I'll put some links out there um, when we release the episode as well. Uh, but as one of those local cons where they're, you know, they're able to get, you know, uh, a guest like this, um, which is really good, you know, because it's hard to get to some of these bigger cons like Power Morphicon or, you know, Ranger Stop, you know, one's in Florida, one's in California. To be able to meet some of these guys, uh, you know, locally here in our hometown for the cost that it's going to cost us to do it, be able, you know, a quarter tank of gas to get to Canton and back and 10 bucks to get in 40 bucks for a picture and an autograph. Like, you know, you know, it's actually pretty cool to be able to do that. And I'm, you know, just looking forward to shaking somebody's hand who's given me a lot of memories growing up. Yeah. And, and my thought is <laughs> I'm curious to see what his personality is like. I'm sure he's very friendly. Um, you know, but is he like friendly, friendly? Cause I mean, when we were not podcasting for a little bit during that time, I met Ken Griffey Jr., which is the most amazing thing ever. And that man talks. And I'm saying like, he talked to me like I had known him for years. I, I, I'm kind of interested to see if, 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 you know, David Yost is like that. I want to know if he, he's like into his fans. I know he's going to have a bunch of people to talk to, but like, will he indulge us for a little bit and actually understand that, he means a lot to our childhood and, and things like that. What would, if you had a chance to ask him a question, what would you ask him? You know, one of the questions I would ask him, you know, I'm going to tag him in this too, but you know, I, I, you know, he gets asked a lot of different questions. I'm assuming a lot of them are power Rangers related, but the one thing I'd be curious to see, be, you know, just to see what his fandom is for other things. If Billy Cranston could team up with any other superhero, who would it be and why? Hmm. Okay. Now, the one thing I've always wondered is why the Power Rangers haven't been invited to any other universe. They have been. They um, did a crossover with DC not too long ago and with in the, in the Power Ranger comics. And then uh, they're getting ready to do a crossover with Ninja Turtles. Um, you know, but I'd like to see the Marvel crossover eventually as well. Okay. But the, the DC, it, for me, is like, it's something that you and I as nerds know. But it, I mean, like like continued repeat appearances, you know? And I feel like they're more Marvel than, than DC because the Power Rangers aren't dark. Uh, and Marvel, Marvel's not, DC is a dark yeah. brand. Yes, it, they it's, are. It's, 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 a, it's a brand that doesn't scream Power Rangers to me. I feel like they're more Marvel friendly because Marvel is literally about human beings that, that have special abilities. So, you know, not that I'm saying that this could happen, but, you know, maybe, you know, you're walking by and get some radiation on you. And instead of killing you, it actually turns into a superhero or even the X-Men, which always intrigued me about mutations and things like that. That type of stuff seems like it's more realistic than what's going on in the DC universe. And I feel like the Power Rangers are better suited for Marvel. Um, what I'm looking for is, is like, why haven't we got like the cross branded 
type movies and things like that like you get with you know video games and stuff like that why why hasn't it brought been brought outside the comics to the screen because that that that's stuff that's that's money makers i mean me i want to see it i love dc um i think that marvel's better at this point they got the upper hand but i love dc and i would i would definitely watch if the power rangers were in it same here and you know hasbro owns the rights to uh transformers and power rangers they said when they reboot Power Rangers that right now they don't have any plans to, you know, to go with Transformers, but that's a logical choice. Um, you know, but I wouldn't mind seeing a team up, you know, in the Marvel universe or even have the Marvel guys come over here. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of planning. How much does Hasbro or Boom Comics have to be able to pull something like that off? Uh, and it makes sense. Um, but, you know, if you could ask David Yost quite one question, what would it be? I, I would, I, I, you know, there's a lot of things I want to know. And, one of them I feel like is like a Belichick type question and, and where you would ask Belichick and he would just stare at you. Yeah, please uh, don't do that to Mr. Um, Yost. Oh. I, 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 but, you know, I'm always curious to me. It's so amazing that he, you know, he is, is, is the, you know, of the homosexual um, demographic and, that, you know, he felt that he was unfairly, unceremoniously let go from Power Rangers because of that. My question no, is, left why the ha- way he was treated? Not, they didn't let him go. They treated him like crap. And that's something right. that's really and, kind and, of bothered me, too, is one of your best uh, actors, one of the best, you know, ambassadors of the franchise. And he left with that kind of a taste in his mouth. And I just, you know, that's always bothered me. And I hope one day that that fence can be mended because, you know, the, the new movie showed you know um you know a a gay character and it's you know doors are open and i have you know as you guys know my my sister-in-law is gay married happy one of the happiest beautiful most beautiful couples i've ever seen you know doors need to be open for for you know uh the lgbt you know q community and you know it needs to be showcased more uh because you know you know i you know i believe that you know we're all one people and no one's better than than someone else and uh you know and and that's what my question would have been was, you know, Power Rangers has literally been the forefront of basically inviting everybody to be a superhero. My question would be to him, why hasn't he come back out um, as an advocate? Um, not as an advocate, but like, you know, the way the Power Rangers are right now, it, 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 you'll agree with me that uh, a female being gay in Power Rangers people just overlook that because it is widely accepted that girls are, are, are allowed to be lesbians. It's great representation, but it's so much more widely accepted than it is for males. My question would have been to him, why haven't you pushed for another guy similar to you to finally showcase who you were as, as a power ranger? Because to me, it, I think it would be beneficial and I think it would bring closure to the fact that, you know, he had to leave the show because he was mistreated for, for his, you know, his sexuality. That's, that's actually one heck of a great question. And I would, you know, I would encourage you to ask that to him if, if we do get a few minutes with him, uh, you know, cause I would want to maximize it. You know, we, you and I out there, we'll talk, but you know, if we do get that opportunity, let's have two or three questions a piece that we can ask. And we might only get to each ask him one or maybe two, but, Let's have him ready to go so we can sound, you know, semi-professional or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're ready to go, you know, and we're not wasting his time. I totally agree. Um, 
but that's that's always what I thought about was like now's the time you know uh, I I'm, I'm glad that they they took a, a shot on Billy being you know high functioning autistic on the higher spectrum that is great something never been explored for but I felt like that spot certainly belonged to a character that was Billy and they should have faced that that ugliness in the face and made that character like that they could have did that with the pink ranger they could have did that with even the red ranger they could have let the you know high function autistic guy lead the rangers it's whatever but i felt like they owed that blue ranger spot to billy and what they what they did to him that's that's definitely a a great uh, thing to ask him and you know i hope that we do get to ask him that this weekend because you do make a great point there um, last thing before we get out of here tonight, guys, is, you know, like we said, join us this weekend. We're going to be there. So if you're there and you want to meet us, shake our hands, get to know us, hit, hit us up on Twitter at J-A-E underscore T-K. Like we said, at Hall of Fame Comic Con, it's this Saturday only. It's just a one-day show because it's a smaller con, uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's going to be at the Convention Center in Canton, 1101 Market Avenue North in Canton, 44702. It's a family show. Tickets are 10 bucks at the door. Very affordable. There's going to be a lot of local artists there as well. So if you have that favorite superhero uh, and you want to get, you know, a print done, a lot of these local uh, um, uh, vendors that are there, you know, they make a living doing this. You know, their prices aren't outrageous. I've actually bought several pieces that I have in my basement from different artists that I've seen at the different cons. I'll spend just as much time looking at, you know, the costumes as I do just going through and seeing what, indiv- you know, what people's artistic abilities have brought, you know, to, what they brought to Comic-Con. Cause I think that's one of the coolest things about it. I go to the Comic-Con to, to find diamonds in the rough. Um, I lived in Georgia for 13 years and they had what's called Dragon Con there. Um, an amazing time, huge event, probably second or third to the Comic-Con in San Diego um, Jason David Frank was there one time. Um, they had the Avengers there as a panel one time. Um, huge event. And what I usually went there for, and, and, and thank, thank the Lord, my wife drugged me to one because I would have never went. Um, she drugged me to one and I never stopped going. What I found there was Diamonds in the Rough. One, two of my favorite Diamonds in the Rough is I got the complete series of Doug from Nickelodeon. Nice. Best thing I've ever owned. And then right after that, my second favorite buy from there is I got the whole Salute Your Shorts DVD collection um, from there. Uh, So these are things that you can find at at Comic-Con and and these type of cons where, you know, people are selling things that, you know, collectors want. Um, I'm huge into movie cars uh, uh, and I'm talking about the toy cars. Uh, you know, Terry's come by my desk a couple times and you'll see that I have usually had the, the whole group of Fast and Furious the, uh, iconic cars. I took them down because someone messed with them and they're very important to me. These are the type of things you can get at a con. So it's worth your time to come down there, browse, look at the costumes, see the, your favorite characters and actually purchase some of the merch that you can't get anywhere else. Exactly. So come on out and see us hall of fame con this weekend in Canton. We'll be there. Uh, hopefully we'll have an interview with David Yost next week. If not, we're going to have some great memories of just being able to meet him and shake his hand. Um, I know that he'll be signing uh, quite a bit there. Uh, once they release uh, signings and things like that, I'll, I'll tweet that out on our show's page. Uh, we got a big week coming up. Ravens, Browns, rivalry game, division game, a chance for first place. 
Tribe last six games, last push to get in the playoffs, and we get to meet a Power Ranger. Man, we're going to have a great week to recap when we get here next week. Yeah, it's going to be a great week. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, let's go to Sounds it. Sounds good. Hey, J-Man, have a good week, everybody out there. Have a great week. We look forward to seeing you guys next time here on the TK and J Show. Have a good week, everybody.